0: guys i'm so excited i just finished my first interview ever and it was with lisa the love coach and this interview could not have come at a better time um a couple hours before lisa and i actually got in the interview um i actually got this text from this guy who's honestly i need to let go of this guy um in my back of my head i know i do but it's been kind of hard because he's been he like disappears and then reappears so he's been kind of like keeping me on the line like right when I forget about him he kind of reappears and um after this interview I just realized how I do need to let him go and how there's like so many options out there and for me to hang out to this option is not what's going to be best for me or what's going to be best for me in the long term um and I'm so glad that I got to do this interview with Lisa. She's such a great, bright light. Um, she's an awesome coach. She's a love coach. She actually used to be a marketing director for Grant Cardone. And then she realized um, working there, and she was inspired to create her own business. And she started doing love coaching, and she'd work on it on the side. And then she started doing it full-time, which was pretty awesome. Um, she's learned so much in her life from her 20s getting married at 27, to now um, having a partner of four years and being divorced and she's just been through this incredible journey of helping other women and helping all these other people figure out what's really getting in the way of their love life and helping them figure out how to move on to the next step and how to get past the things that keep on getting in their way so I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So, what drew you into love coaching?
1: So, I became a love coach in 2015, but in the beginning, my company was first called Love Quest Marketing, because I had two decades of experience in marketing and public relations. And so, my idea was to teach people how to market themselves for love. But then in 2015, I went through my own total heartbreak Mm -hmm. in my own life, and then I healed from it and came out the other side. And when I did, I realized that I was here to give so much more than just helping people to market themselves for love. Mm -hmm. So that's when I became a love coach instead of a love marketer. Mm -hmm. But in my practice now, Left West Coaching – I'm able to do both. I'm able to work on, you know, the marketing side of stuff as well as helping people heal from heartbreak, helping people break the bad patterns that they have that keep them stuck in the same familiar, familiar things that they see in how they approach dating and relationships. So it's been really, really cool. It's been an awesome journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through it, I've ended my marriage. I met someone new. I had a whole big growth happen within myself, too, at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm. And are you doing coaching full-time?
1: I am, yes. I coach full-time. And I know, I coach full-time. And I absolutely love it. And these days, um, you know, everything that I coach in people, it's so reflective of what we're going through in our lives. Mm
2: -hmm. So there
1: was a time where... Everybody wanted to know about dating apps and like, how do I meet people on dating apps? And what do I do? And I do have a method. For so mm-hmm. there's that. But now that we're dealing with um, coronavirus mm-hmm. and everyone lockdown situation, a lot of people are using this time to be very introspective and reflective, and they're even pulling themselves off dating. Mm-hmm. Because how do you do it, right? The whole purpose of going on a dating app is to eventually meet the person in per- in person. Yeah. And meet them with the case. And when that's kind of like dicey because they're like, I don't know this person, <laughs> I'm not gonna I don't you know. I'm in, I'm supposed to be in a lockdown, it's not even that, everything is cool. So what are we supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it really has given people a good opportunity to dial it back and be like, you know what, I'm gonna use this time to Reflect on how I was dating in the past, the results that I was getting Mm -hmm. and make any kind of
0: changes that I want to make now is the time to do. And before you transitioned into coaching, what was that transition like for you? Like, were you building this thing on the side while you were working or did you just fully like dive into it?
1: So I had... um, Clients where I was doing public relations and marketing consulting for them. Mm-hmm. So I did have um, a side hustle, which became my main hustle, which was coaching. Mm-hmm. So while I was working doing public relations and marketing to pay my life and my you know my, my expenses, etc., um, I was also coaching people and bringing that revenue in as well. But it wasn't until I flipped. The paradigm in my head, where I stopped referring to the marketing and public relations work as my main job or my main thing, and the coaching as my side hustle, because the coaching was really the passion. It was the thing that I knew I wanted to do. So I switched it, and I started to refer to myself as a coach. I started to say... I'm a certified professional love life coach and founder of lovequestcoaching.com. And I started to downplay the side hustle, which was my main hustle. So I flipped it, I switched it. And no sooner I did that, I think that my energy changed and I became an energetic match to being a full-time coach. Mm -hmm. So then shortly after that, the manifestation of that happened, where I completely stopped doing public relations and marketing for anyone other than myself and my business, and then I was able to coach people full
0: time. It's mm, so cool. And how do you how do you like stand out from the crowd as a love coach? Like, I know the coaching industry is pretty saturated, sh- saturated. So, yeah. like, what do you do to make yourself different?
1: So, I mean, there's only one me. Mm -hmm. So I just always tell myself that, like, my vibe isn't necessarily for everyone, but they're for my people and I'm not really interested in the masses. I'm interested in my people. Mm -hmm. And there's enough for everybody, right? Like, you know, it's it's people find me on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or whatever and it's about resonance. It's about, you know, saying something in a way that resonates with your person.
0: Mm -hmm. Then
1: they're compelled to take an action whether it's reach out to me on email or social media, and you know, it's hey, I saw your video in my feed and like you said this thing about getting over your ex and it like really, really hit home for me. And sometimes it's just that, it's about putting out information in a way that's super authentic,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: very like down-earth and real, and just having faith that the right people are going to see it and act on it and then you're able to help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And what's like a common mistake that you notice in your clients when it comes to their love life? Like what's something that they always mess up on or like what do you usually help them out? Oh wow, such a great question.
1: I, I would have to say universally it's not fully having faith in themselves and not truly believing that what they want exists. Oh, it, a lot of self-doubt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh.
1: But the good news is once that's handled, once that self-doubt is transformed and whatever is driving that is addressed, mm-hmm. then it's awesome. Then people are like, oh, my God, I've never dated this way in my life. This is amazing. It's I don't care if the guy is good or not. I mean, I just want to date for information mm-hmm. so that I can be empowered to make the right decisions for myself. You know, it's a different approach to dating and like when people start dating with that that sense of faith and confidence it's very quick between the time where they're struggling and the time where they're like trying to beat these people off with a stick because these guys girls coming from all directions they're like oh my god what happened to me (laughs) you know they figure me now at least oh my god like we're i'm only on my like my fifth session with you and like something shifted in me for real (laughs) because i'm worth the difference you know i think it's also um The detachment from the outcome, Mm -hmm. you know, the more attached we are to something, the tighter we grip it, the more invested we are. And it's just a different type of energy. It's a more efforting, repelling kind of energy as Mm -hmm. opposed to just being open, living a great life and going where you're called and guided. And, you Mm -hmm. know, somebody says, hey, come to this thing, I'm throwing this party. And you're like, yeah, all right, cool, I'll come with no... Agenda or pressure, but yet you go, and then somebody brings somebody of a friend of a friend, and boom, that's your spouse. <laughs> like that mm-hmm.
0: And how do you detach from that energy of like wanting it so bad? Like, how you like pull yourself back? I know it's always <laughs> in, in any aspect of our life,
1: right? Our oh, yeah. business, our money.
0: Mm-hmm. We always,
1: you know, we see the thing that we want and we desire it so much, and yeah. that's great. And so what I typically do for me is like, let's say, you know, I want to enroll a certain amount of clients per month. Mm. I I just kind of put it out there. I'm like, okay, so I'm excited to meet my people. I meet them all the time. New people always come. Mm. It's always fun when they do. Um, I'm excited to chat with people, do more Facebook lives, do all this fun content. I have all these really neat ideas And I am excited to see who it takes with, like, you know, like I like the divine order of it all. You know, I'm not really in control of that stuff. I'm more like handing over the control of the who and the how to something higher. And I just do the effort. I just put out cool content and have a good time and leave the rest to the divine. So in the case of dating, You know, similar to when I was dating before and I met my now partner of four years, you know, I I let go of the outcome and the need to control it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go out and have a good time and live well and make feeling good my number one priority. And worrying about who this guy is and how I'm going to meet him, that doesn't make me feel good. It makes me anxious. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go and do me, hang out, do stuff that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And in that spirit, I know that the right person will come to me, and when they do, I'll be ready, and I'll know it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. it. Was just kind of uh, getting a little less attached and more up for an adventure. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think everyone needs a love coach?
1: Oh my god, such a great, great question. I don't know if everyone necessarily needs a love coach. Mm-hmm. But I do know that a lot of people struggle with self-validation, self-love, self-compassion.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot of
1: people are very, very hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're looking outside of themselves to get that assuredness, that validation, that sense of peace.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a trap. So in that regard, I think you know anybody it doesn't necessarily have to be a love coach. It could be a retreat. It could be a seminar. It could be a great book.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: to put some to, to encourage people to put themselves on a path of growth and um, self-awareness uh, is, is a good one. That's, that's definitely what I would encourage people to do. Really go inward and be your best, truest love. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you'll be able to attract whatever in your life, all the good stuff in your life. And when you really know your worthiness and where that comes from and you catch on that it's not from other people, but for something far stronger and more unconditionally loving of us, then you tap into that and forget it, you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm.
0: And when your clients come to you, do they usually know already what's getting in their way? Or do you like help them determine this is why you keep on having problems or? It could be a little bit of both. Some Mm -hmm. of my
1: clients, you know, they've done some work Mm-hmm. whether it be through therapy or they've read some books or what have you. So some of them already kind of have good self analysis, but what they really want next and what I help them with is making sense of the analysis and applying it. Like I know all of this stuff about myself. What do I do with this now?
2: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's the integration of it and the transformation so that the outcome can happen, the, the exact outcome that they want so badly. So I have, you know, since a lot of the people that I coach are typically very type A, they're they're interpersonal and professional development, you know, they follow, you know, people online and they they do look for things to better themselves. So they do have a certain sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. But what I often find are the people who say, hey, I've been to these seminars, I've done these workshops it's not sticking and I don't understand why and that's where I come in it's that integration piece and that typically happens when you really apply what you've learned in a deeper
0: profound way and why would you say you need to go to like therapy versus going to a coach oh my god
1: fantastic question so I had both in my life when I was going through my divorce and my subsequent rebound relationship with a narcissistic, sociopathic, unbelievable, threw me for a loop. This was back in 2015. Mm -hmm. So here I am trying to start this business and my own personal life is in turmoil.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And... Oh, my. After that, I went into therapy because at that point, I didn't really know much about the online personal development space. I knew I needed something. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't sleeping through the night. I lost like 13 pounds in two weeks. Just it was not a healthy mindset that I was in at all. Mm -hmm. I felt panicked. I was developing, you know, PTSD, just a lot of really heavy emotional Um, strain and stress. And so I did start out with therapy. So what I did was I called a friend who went through a divorce. She was up in New York. And I initially reached out to this therapist thinking she'd be able to connect me with someone in Miami who could, you know, see me and help me. And we hit it off so well that she decided to take me on. And I said to her, I only want to do this for 90 days. I want to set... A goal
2: mm-hmm. in
1: my mind of a time frame to just detox from my divorce. And what I did at the time was I codified, I wrote down my entire journey with this, and I also took it to social media because I wanted accountability. I wanted to show up every week. I wanted to read the books. I wanted to really get into my care and my healing. So I started to take my journey on social media. So I was seeing therapists the therapist, after just my first session with her, gave me the gem and said, diagnosis, diagnosis, you are a classic codependent. And I didn't really know what that word meant. I just knew that I had something that was Googleable and I was going to run with it. So I took that word codependency and I went online and I started to search, search, search. So in addition to my therapy, which was more about dealing with my why I was codependent, right? It was more about the analysis, the things that happened in my childhood and memories and really understanding how I became the way I became, the how of it. What I did as a next step was understanding the what now. Now that I know I am the way I am, thanks to therapy, Mm -hmm. and thanks that I have this word now, codependency, I ask the question, okay, now what? And the okay, now what came in the form of coaching. So Mm -hmm. if I was to explain it, I guess what I would say is therapy is all about how you got to where you got. Mm
2: -hmm. Coaching
1: is about now that I know all this and I want to go over there. How do I shut the gap between over there and here? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And a coach takes all the information that you've gotten through therapy, Mm -hmm. makes sense of it to help you get to the next place so that you're not stuck in that um, analysis, that self-analysis, which is great. I mean, it's just there's self-analysis and there's self-awareness. And I found that in my journey, there was a time for self-analysis and that was the therapy and it was great then i started to become aware of my behaviors because of how i grew up how i viewed the world and in that self-awareness i said wow these are the actions that i'm taking this is how i'm running my life in relationships this is how i show up and i can do something about this if i don't like it and that was where that true power came and when i saw that in myself and my therapist at the time was like amazed she was like, I feel like I'm talking to a peer and not a client. Right. <laughs> like, We're only at like week eight and I can see the amazing changes that, you know, you're coming at me breakthrough after breakthrough, but those breakthroughs were happening in between my coaching, my, my therapy sessions through coaches, online workshops, YouTube videos, books I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, Reiki, acupuncture, meat talking to a nutritionist. So mm. there was a lot of components of self-care that went into my healing where that in three months I absolutely transformed and mm. then it put me on a path for further transformation. So when I came out of that, it was about three to four more months of Just existing in this new person, this new iteration of myself, this new version of myself that I really started to like and feel confident in. And at that height of that confidence was when I was dating somebody very casually and I was realizing I was ready for something more serious. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, and I was 44 at the time, I was able to let somebody go without having something already cooking. I was able to shut one thing down without having anything else. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: for somebody like, you know, classic codependent, that's like a a major, major breakthrough. I mean, typically codependents like to relationship hop, we're really into like, you know, serial monogamy. You break up with a guy when you have another guy poking around you already. (laughs) So you're really never alone. You're always looking to manipulate situations and people And now comes to soothe you because you really believe that, you know, your worthiness is from something outside. It's to be earned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's validation that comes from outside the self. And when I didn't have that anymore, nor the need to even entertain that anymore, that's when I knew, wow, this girl is healed and I am good on my own. And as soon as I started to really revel in my solitude, that was when I met my guy Mm -hmm. and we've been together for four years now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, huge, huge thing. I always tell people, when you realize that you're never alone and you start to learn to revel in your solitude,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you will never, ever, ever be alone, ever again. <laughs> Even if there's somebody in the room with you or not, you're, that feeling of I'm alone will go, will vanish, disappear. So liberating. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think codependency, do you think that's something a lot of us struggle with? And how do we determine that we're codependent
1: yeah you know I feel like after learning about it and and then like learning about it in myself was one thing right Mm -hmm. and then after that I started to really see how many people responded to my story and how I was um, putting videos out on social media like really sharing personal stuff Mm -hmm. and that was when I started to see how prevalent this is Mm -hmm. and you know what even with people. Who are successful and thriving in their lives professionally there is often a layer of codependency where again it's that external validation um, external reward of love Mm -hmm. and I really do think that in the last 30 years so I was born in the 70s so I would say from like the 80s till present day, we've seen a massive, massive uptick in the amount of codependency that's out there.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. there, There's been a lot of generations that experienced divorce from childhood, a lot of parenting styles that just really were serving more the parents than the kids, a lot of, um, Hyper parenting, a lot of, uh, of helicopter parenting, just a lot of needy behaviors, needy programming. So, in my gym, I was interesting because we were just having this conversation the other day. My generation was the 70s. So, I was born in 71. My parents divorced in 75, four or five. I was four years old and I moved and I saw my dad every weekend and I was living with my mother. but. I was of a generation where I was a latchkey kid. So back then, parents thought nothing of giving their kid a set of keys at nine years old, and you finish school, you go immediately home, you do your homework, you make yourself a peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) and you stay on, right? -hmm. Or you get on your bike and you go call for the friends up the street or something like that. You're very on your own, very young. Mm -hmm. So when you're faced with something like this coronavirus, right, and you're supposed to be in lockdown mode, for people probably, 19, I'd say 1965 and 1985, maybe, 80. We'll cut it off at 80. There's that 15 year of people who are totally fine with, you know, they could be in their house for four days straight talking to not no one other than somebody on a Zoom call. And be completely and totally at peace and fine. Whereas other generations are a lot more codependent. They they don't know how to make certain decisions. They don't. They're lost if they don't have their phones, right? If they don't have any kind of connection to the other, they, they're lost. They feel like they're in exile. Whereas people Gen X, we I know life without a cell phone till I was almost thirty years old. Mm. Like I didn't have, you know what I mean. So to me, it's like, yeah, I, I know what it is. To uh, talk on the phone with somebody and be filled up from that enough to last me two days, <laughs> it's fine. Whereas you know this other generation, younger generations, if they're not constantly texting and in, in contact with people, they lose a sense of self. They're like, well, nobody needs me, nobody wants me, I'm, I'm worthless. Like, <laughs> wow, this is the way been. So there's this hypersensitivity to connectivity now more than ever. And what I find is as a a certified life coach, because my background, I mean my training, is in life coaching and energy leadership. So I really work with the vibrations of people. I work with their energy. Mm -hmm. And I just funnel that into the specific niche of dating and relationships. But really I can coach on, on numerous things, and I do in my practice. So what I'm finding with this coronavirus lockdown, new normal of, you know, staying within six feet of people, don't go out, everything's closed. There's a lot of codependent uh, traits that come out in people and they're really noticing it now. And they're noticing that it's like manifesting where they feel anxious or they feel out of sorts. They're alone in their apartments, in their condos, in their homes. And they really feel isolated, but they feel uneasy about it. And they're not able to reach peace. Mm -hmm. And typically, we're looking to latch on to others for our significance, our um, validity in the world. Mm -hmm. It's a form of codependency. Sure, we all want connection and that's healthy. We all want that. Um, But when it becomes a thing where we're feeling anxious and out of sorts and as if we are lacking in some way
2: mm-hmm. then
1: it gets it gets a little dicey it gets a little crazy and we see it in relationships a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and what tools do you use for your clients if you notice that they um they're looking for others for like validation how you teach them to like validate themselves and be dependent on themselves
1: well yeah i mean there are a lot of different tools out there um mm-hmm. i like The one that I used for my own journey, which worked wonders and was incredibly sustainable and fast, was that of which I call um, radical transformational reconnection. Mm -hmm. So it's reconnecting with prior versions of yourself, making peace with them, giving them whatever they say they need and really showing up for yourself in a compassionate, nurturing way. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, what about affirmations? Do affirmations work? I mean, affirmations are great um, when it comes to reprogramming bad um, programming. Like you have programming in your head that forms a belief about who you are in the world. Mm -hmm. And if those beliefs aren't working for you, then, yeah, affirmations could work. But to me, I find that... There needs to be believability in the affirmation. If you don't really believe it, if anything, you're going to have more discord. So that's why I feel like a lot of people say, I feel very resistant. I'm doing these affirmations and they don't work. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: sometimes the affirmations only spark yet more of a reminder of what you aren't. So if you're saying, I affirm, okay, um, I I am abundant. Meanwhile, you have $25,000 in debt. You have no idea what you're doing to, like, survive the next month. And you're sitting here walking around. I am abundant. Mm -hmm. So unless you really know how to work with affirmations, they're kind of tricky to do. But this method that I'm describing, this radical transformational reconnection, is about looking at a version of yourself who made a decision that – Maybe that's put you on a different path or maybe let's say this person agreed to go out with somebody who wasn't really an honest person and they didn't pay attention to red flags and they kind of had a hunch and an idea like, I don't know if this person is right for me, but you know what? I'm going to give them a shot. I'm going to try. And then one day turn to four, turn to eight before you know it, you're in this full blown relationship and you're like, what am I doing? I'm in this thing and it is not good for me. And I'm chasing a dream. Mm -hmm. So now you end that relationship. That part of you that did that, that participated in that, still exists. And if that version of you isn't confronted, soothed, loved up on, nurtured, it is likely that that version will relive that out again in another relationship. Mm -hmm. So this method of going back in time. It could be things that happened when you were a kid, teenager, six months ago. Any kind of trauma, any kind of thing that happened where you're like, ooh, I wish this went differently because it kind of messed me up in this way. Going back to that and being able to talk to that version of yourself, and this is the process that I help people learn how to do, it opens the door for such self-love Um, compassion for the self, um, patience, kindness. And when you can give that to yourself and reach self-forgiveness on all these levels, that's when you become so nurturing and so open that you go out in the world and you're just this yummy, oozy, lovey love and everybody wants to be close to you. You're like, I don't know what went on. I went to go get shaving cream at the drugstore and I met some dude and he wants to take me out. And I wasn't even showered, nothing. I was from the gym, hair in a ponytail, I didn't even look good. Mm -hmm. And this guy was like, hi, my name's Mark and how are you and all this. It's just amazing how that happens because when we love ourselves we become this beacon of love for others Mm -hmm. and when other people feel that like they're like wow like that's a good energy that's like a self-loving high vibe person they want to be around that they don't even know why yeah but they just feel like magnetically drawn to that do you ever have like uh sophia a teacher Mm -hmm. in school That all the kids love more than any other teacher. There are all these teachers, you know, 20 of them in school. But for some reason, this particular teacher, all the kids love this teacher.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that energy. That's that Mm -hmm. peace and that sense of nurturing that this teacher probably first gave to herself. So she can then go to a classroom, hold space, hold energy for all these students, all these different personalities hitting her day in, day out. And she's able to handle it like a total self-loving person Mm -hmm. as opposed to the other teachers who are snippy and awful and mean and bitter and none of the kids like them. So kids definitely read energy. We're very, you know, as little kids are very easy. And then as you grow older, you start to mistrust your own inner guidance for, Mm -hmm. for reading energy and other people. And the work that I do is I reconnect people to their own energies to get very mindful of what energy level they're at so that then they can understand who they're attracting and why
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: how to alter it so that they start attracting really higher-level people, higher vibrational people.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: fascinating. I mean, once we understand energy, we can, you know, we manifest, like, amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, are you on TikTok?
1: <laughs> Am I what? I'm on
0: TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> Have I done one yet? No, no. I Okay. Been. So I saw this video the other day, and I wanted to ask you about it. So it's a a love coach. It's Matthew Hesse. Do you know who Matthew Hessey is? Yeah. And he he was talking about energy, and he was talking about matching other people's energy. So basically, he said how one person said hi, and then you respond hi back versus doing, you know, a long paragraph. Are you into that, into, like, matching where people were at?
1: I am. I definitely am. I'm also into not only matching energy, but once the energy is matched, holding energy so that I can shift energy in a situation. That I like. That's Because matching energy is important, of course. So it's Mm -hmm. like you and I, right? We just met each other today for this podcast. We were chatting, get a little rapport on Instagram, and now we came on here. So for me to come on and not match your energy, would be on, it would mm-hmm. be off, it would feel weird to the listener, mm-hmm. so when we started our conversation, I instinctively, and also because of the energy work I do, knew, okay, let's meet you at your level, this is the very first podcast, she's excited, but yet she's <laughs> all apprehensive, she might not know what she's doing yet. she's are like a teammate somebody who could be like girl i got you we're gonna get through this this interview's gonna be amazing the first <laughs> one of any, and you're gonna rock it out right so yeah. i wanted to bring that energy to the mix mm-hmm. because what if i came to you and said oh my god sophia you've never done this before oh no i don't know what to tell you girl i don't know what to you wouldn't have that sense of confidence and certainty in yourself mm-hmm. so when sometimes when we're matching energy It's important to hold space for a person with your energy. Mm -hmm. And when that that pertains to dating, Mm -hmm. you can tell inside of 20 seconds when you meet somebody on a date if they're nervous, if they feel, like, insecure or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, or they're frazzled because maybe they sat in traffic or they were running late and they're a little, like, on edge. Um, And to be able to see their energy, assess it, and shift it, is incredibly powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you shift so it? Yeah, <laughs> dating, you
1: know? <laughs> Let's say I will use that example. Let's say I meet somebody on mm-hmm. a dating app, mm-hmm. and we're talking back and forth on text.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I would say something like, "You know, you made you made me laugh. I would imagine um, you you seem like really funny and charming. Would you be interested in doing a phone date?" Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I do this all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 number one, I want to see if this guy is really who he is. I want to see if he looks like his pictures.
2: hmm
1: And I want to see, um, you know, the background of him. Like, how is he living? Mm-hmm. Right? Is he living with, like, you know, roommates? Meanwhile, he's lying. Like, what? what's the deal? Right? Mm-hmm. I want to I get a sense. And then I also want his energy. I want a sense of his energy. I want to get his vibes, his eyes, his body language, his facial expression. So that's super important. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say all goes well and matches energy crack each other up, fun, 30 minutes later, because I'm not staying on a phone date for more than 30 minutes, 20 optimal, 30 maximum, Mm -hmm. because I want to give them something to look forward to, right, I'm not going to give them the whole whole deal, I'm not going to have the whole date, right, so Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, listen, I have to go, I promised my mom I would return a phone call, but I love where this is going, I would love to hang out in person, are you, are you up for that, and Mm -hmm they'll be like oh my god yes let's do it let's go out on a date fantastic okay perfect let's work out the logistics we'll plan it we'll have a blast Mm -hmm. boom hang up done so what happened now this guy is feeling a good vibe all is well we meet for the date now let's say this guy had to stay late at work he's running late Mm
2: -hmm. he already
1: texted me once I'm on my way oh my god please bear with me I had an extra meeting whatever And now I'm like, okay, no worries, no problem, I'm all good. And I meet him at the restaurant and he's 20 minutes late. Mm -hmm. His energy coming in is going to be apologetic, maybe a little anxious, Mm -hmm. a little like, oh my God, I hope she doesn't think I'm a workaholic, an unavailable guy. Mm -hmm. All this noise, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So now, as opposed to meeting him where he is and tapping into that nervous energy, I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to say, hey, how are you feeling? <laughs> how are you doing? And he'll be like, oh, honey, I, I took you forever to get here. It was tragic. Oh, my God, no worries. You know, I, I had a drink. I had a cocktail. I caught up on some email. So tell me, you know, um, we're here now. What would you like to drink? What would you like? Settle in. Let's have a minute to get you set it, settled in and sort it out. Can I order you something Yeah, 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 get me a gin and tonic or whatever, right? Like, it's taking care of that person. It's acknowledging them where they are in their energy, Mm -hmm. holding some space, not making them feel wrong for feeling how they feel. Mm
0: -hmm. Anyone
1: in his shoes would feel that way. Mm -hmm. Nervous, going on a date, never met the – saw this girl on a a Skype call or whatever, a FaceTime – now I really like or I want to make a good impression and out of the gate I'm already screwing up by not getting there on time. Mm-hmm. All of this noise. You want to diffuse it. You want to be like, hey, you know what? Things like that happen. Dude, it's all good. Can I can I order you a cocktail? I'm getting another one. And you're just like super in the moment, chill. And that guy, you'll see how he acquiesces to your energy. Mm-hmm. And the best compliment you can get is I don't know what it was. I just felt good around her. Do you ever hear a guy, If you ever like a guy friend? And and he's like, I met somebody. And you're like, you did amazing. Tell me about this girl. Like what makes her so special? I know you for five years. You're the biggest player going. Like what's happened? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel good around her. She's like, she's super chill. Like there's something about her that just makes me feel good that kind of compliment that's when you know it's all energy and you're like rocking it when a guy says that when a guy says um uh, i don't know she makes me want to be better
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's another one that's a huge compliment too for a woman to have like that's you know that's a that's a hot hot compliment when a guy can say you make me want to feel you make me want to be better oh mm-hmm. my god that's like inspiration that's full-on mm-hmm. you inspiring
0: and what's your opinion on dating apps? Do you think it puts out, like, a vibe energetically? Like, I'm lacking this, so I'm looking for this? Or do you think it's fine to use dating apps? or?
1: So I love dating apps from mm-hmm. a sheer efficiency standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a great way to meet multiple people as you're living your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy that we bring to a dating app will determine what we get from the dating app. So... Mm-hmm. When people are dating and using dating apps out of boredom, Mm -hmm. then not a good result. If they're using them out of frustration, anger, lack, scarcity, all these low energy frequencies, you're probably not going to attract somebody good. But when you're just like, Laying on your couch with the Netflix show going, whatever, Sex in the City on for the 27,000th time, and you're chilling with your dog, drinking something delicious, and you pick up your phone, and you're like, all right, let's see what kind of little adventure we can have right now with this. Let's see what fun people we're going to connect with tonight. And you're scrolling, scrolling, oh, my God, look at this one. Oh, look, he has a dog. Cute dog. Keep going. Bye-bye. Oh, look at this guy. He's cute. Oh, is he barbecuing? hey, what are you cooking? I can go for some good barbecue. Next. Moving on. You're doing it from a place of fun and joy and just, I don't care who writes me back. I'm just having fun with this thing. That's when you're probably going to get a better result. That's when you're going to get the guy with the barbecue that's like, yeah, girl, I'm all about barbecue. I make great sauce on my own. I'd love to cook you barbecue sometime. You're gorgeous, right? And you're just like, oh my God, I, I Connected with somebody, really cool. So, you know, keeping yourself in check and really being aware of of where you're at energetically, what your mindset is, um, matters a lot when you're using these apps. It also matters, too, with, like, how you're presenting yourself. Mm -hmm. So earlier I mentioned I did marketing and public relations for, like, two decades, Mm -hmm. all through my 20s, all through my 30s, a little bit into my 40s. Um, So I draw upon a lot. PR strategies and tactics when I am coaching. Mm -hmm. And one of which that comes up often, it's my singles portraying themselves on these dating apps in a way that will weed out the wrong ones and invite in the right ones. Mm -hmm. And it's little tiny tactics. It's, again, handling that scarcity and lack mindset where you're dressing for the person that you think you want to attract. Mm. So like if you're a girl who's all about, listen, I'm a lawyer. I wear suits to work. I work out. I go to charity events and things because of my work. I'm very into dressing up nice and you want a guy who's that, then it would make sense to have pictures of you. One of you in your professional wear, one of you in a cocktail dress, One of you in your gym clothes. One of you walking your dog if you have a dog or petting your cat if you have a cat. People are like, oh, don't put animals in your your dating profiles. I'm like, honey, think about it. The animal came before the guy. Are you going to get rid of the animal if the guy is allergic to the animal? Don't you want to weed out every guy who's allergic to a cat or a dog if you have one? why would you want to start dating somebody like them fall for them? And then somewhere around day three, when you're thinking of bringing them back to your place, you're like, Oh yeah, by the way, I have a dog. They're going to be like, I'm allergic. I'm definitely allergic. I can't. this can't work. So wouldn't you want to just put that And then the people say, no, because I want to, I want to meet. is not that going to scare away anybody who can't be with a dog? Yes. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like I had a, a client, she goes, you know, I'm a runner, I run every Saturday morning, 10 miles. I'm like, girl, get your ass up there with a picture of you with some you know, race that you did, a 5K, a 10K, get that going, you crossing the finish line, it's important to you. And she's like, what, I don't know, I think that's intimidating, like a lot of guys, they don't like that, that I run. I'm like, well, your guy likes it, your guy probably will run with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So are you interested in your guy or are you interested in the masses? And she's like, you know, I never thought of it that way. I go, well, oh, honey, use the apps to weed them out. Weed them out! Because, it, listen, wouldn't you rather? You're a busy woman, right? High powered, totally type A, you got your job, you got your responsibilities. Do you really want to spend hours and hours weeding through the riffraff and whatever when you could say, I would rather three people connect with me this week and have one of them be a date and have it be the one mm-hmm. than be sc- trying to scramble through 15 people who writes me back who doesn't all this BS it's just a waste of time so the dating apps great tool when you know what you're doing and you know what kind of energy to bring to it
2: mm-hmm.
0: and do you have like a favorite dating app or do you suggest like all the dating apps
1: I mean, I feel like I like the ones where the women are a little more in control and there's a little more of a boundary. Like, I, I think the Bumble, I think that one's pretty good. Mm. Um, I think the quality of people who go on there is a little elevated. I think that's really what you want to look at. A lot of the people that I coach make good money. They're doing well for themselves. They're looking for... A more quality interaction with people,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I think that one's really good out of the out of the traditional apps. And um, let's see what else. A lot of them talk a good game. A lot of them are in startup mode still, even though they're you know they've been around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, anything that's asking for some kind of financial investment, I don't. I mean, I, I'm kind of like eh about. Mm-hmm. You know, better to take that money, go out with a group of your friends, have a great time, and meet people while you're
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Okay. And do you think that the guy should be the pursuer, or do you think it's good for, like, the woman to make the first move, or do you think it matters? I
1: definitely think it matters. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know there is a way to do it and I teach the way to do it where a woman gives a man the permission to pursue Mm -hmm. men like to pursue and oftentimes men are shy and they don't know if the woman is really actually interested. So he does nothing. Mm -hmm. And especially in the wake of me Too movement and all of this hypersensitivity about coming on too strong and too forward with women. Men, especially gentlemen, classy gentlemen, they're looking for that green light. They're looking for the permission to pursue. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to do that. There are ways to be flirtatious without seeming ditzy. There are ways to be complimentary to men. Um, There are ways to make suggestions with enthusiasm so that you kind of show him like, this would be a fun thing to do together, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I do believe that men still inherently like to know that they are pursuing a woman. Mm -hmm. They they, They like to know, she likes me. I can tell she likes me, but... I got to see how much, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. She definitely likes me. What am I going to do with this now? You know, let Mm -hmm. them get creative within that part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are women out there who are so forward and, you know, they're calling restaurants. Oh, I know the perfect place. I'll call. I know the manager. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 honey. No, maybe you do, but you don't have to. You don't have to be the man. Don't be Mm -hmm. the man and the woman. Just you know, Mm -hmm. express your interests, express what you're excited about, Mm -hmm. and you just leave it there, and they'll connect the dots. If a man wants to be with you, he will mountains to be with you.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you think it's good to be super picky when you're looking for a partner, or do you think it's you can never be too picky?
1: I think it's good to be
0: discerning, Mm -hmm.
1: meaning very clear about where you are in your life, Mm -hmm. what you want for yourself, regardless of what man is beside you. And then from there, get really clear about the qualities that you want in that partner. And then whatever does not match that, you are free to mosey along. And look, if that makes you picky, I don't I don't know. Picky, no. Discerning. Mm-hmm. You know, confident in what I know I'm worthy of. And becoming the embodiment of which you want in another. Upholding yourself to the standards that you want in someone else. So, for example, if there's a woman out there, right, listening, and she's like, I want a guy who's serious. I'm ready for commitment. I want the one. Mm-hmm. But... She's juggling five guys at once and she's hooking up with them on the second date and letting them stay in her place and not have boundaries and not behaving as a woman who's ready for the one. She's essentially sending a mixed message to the universe. The energy is split and off. Mm. It's the energy doesn't, the, the, the universe doesn't reward what you say you want. It rewards actions and feelings So if you are saying you want the one but you proceed to hook back up with that ex-boyfriend for the 27th time or you proceed to go out with a bunch of friends, get liquored up and bring that 10-year too young guy home, that tells the universe that you don't want serious guy.
2: Mm -hmm. Tells the
1: universe, let's give her more of the same. She wants that. Her actions say that she wants that so let's give her more of that. And then On Sunday, brunch, you're sitting there with the same girlfriends, nursing a hangover, being like, oh my God, I did it again. I say I want serious, and then cute boy at the bar comes Mm -hmm. and swoops in, and there I am, doing the same behavior over and over again, expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. So typically, because I've been in that position, Mm -hmm. so when I speak, I speak from pure wisdom, because I was the girl, 40 years old, separated, I wasn't even divorced. Dipping my toe into dating, and I was like the ultimate cougar, hooking up with guys young, ridiculous. But I was in a season in my life where I needed that. I was in a very deep, arrested development. I was 40 years old, really behaving like I was 24.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And who I attracted was exactly aligned to that. All these guys, all oh, older woman, I want to get with the hot older woman, all this ridiculous. And I had a good time with it, but it ran its course. It wasn't fulfilling I was, a, I was very broken hearted. I still wanted my marriage to work. Isn't that amazing? I was carrying on the way I was, but yet I still wanted my marriage to work. I oftentimes look back and I say, maybe if I behaved myself as the married woman who wanted her marriage to work, I would still be married, but not my journey. Had I not have gone through what I got through, I wouldn't be here chatting with you, Miss Lovely Sophia, on your first episode of your new spanking new podcast. So there's... Right, so there's blessings mm-hmm. in all outcomes, right? Good, bad, whatever. You're, you're in this journey, you're here to learn. Um, but, you know, I think people do very well when they're really clear about what they want for their lives and they are behaving in accordance to that and that's when their person, when they least expect it, appears. Because mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. I, I left that behind. I was like, okay, you know what? I can't with this life anymore. Like, I'm ready for the real deal. I can't be 45 years old dating some 35-year-old hunk. I mean, yeah, I want a good-looking guy. Okay, fine. But this party life and this go-out-every-weekend and all this, like I think I'm ready for the real deal, something a little more significant and real. And uh, I pulled myself out of dating. I was like, I'm dating no one until I meet somebody that can love me and somebody who I can love in return truly and have beautiful rapport mutual respect. I'm going to just chill solo. It's all good. It's all good. I'm good solo. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take long because I started to behave as if I was already with what it was that I wanted. So I said, if I go out with my friends, I'm going to be home by like one. I don't need to be out till four, three, two. It's ridiculous. I could go to a nice dinner, hang out with them until a little after, and by 1 p.m., 1.30, I'm home, walk the dog, go in bed. I don't need to be you know, out and late and like that. For what? what? What element? What What is that saying to the universe about who I am and where I am in my life?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: by then, I was already focusing on my business also. Mm-hmm. So there was that whole part of me too, where I was like, I have to behave like the entrepreneur I want to be, mm-hmm. the woman who's the seven figure earner. You know, the seven figure uh, coaching empire owner, best selling author, giving talks here and there. Is she out until 2 in the morning with randoms? No.
2: You
1: know what? She's home because she has to do a podcast the next morning. Mm -hmm. She's home because she has to coach somebody at 8 in the morning. Like It's a different kind of life. So I started to really behave like my future desired self. So I had a vision of who I wanted to be, and I reverse engineered it. And I said, okay, start being like her. Be like her. Dress like her shop like her eat like her work out like her live like her mm-hmm. and you'll start attracting what she attracts and that's how that gap gets closed
0: the gap of where we are now to where we want to be mm-hmm. do you think there's such thing as like the one and also do you think timing's more important or the person you meet is more important
1: so i love this question well wow, the one I feel like in life, there are many ones Mm -hmm. for different parts of your journey. Mm -hmm. So I look at this, especially because of my my marriage. I met my ex-husband when I was 20 and we divorced when I was 44. And so for 24 years, he was the one. Mm
2: -hmm. He
1: was the touchstone, the man of my life. And so in that iteration of my life, there were different versions of he and I, and we mixed it up from age 20 to age 44. And now I'm 49, we're divorced five years coming up, and we're dear friends. We're like family to one another. We never had children together, yet we still live you know, relatively close proximity, like five minutes away, babysits my dog when I travel. Wonderful, man. And we were like, just had to get over what we created and destroyed to then build something new. And we're in that newness now. We're in like, you know, this familial, very um, old, dear friend, confidant, been through the war of all wars together, right? That now we are out of the other side, at least at this mile marker on our journey of life. And this is who we are to each other now. And I'm in a relationship with a beautiful man, beautiful soul. He's in a relationship with somebody who makes him very happy. We're happy for each other. And so to answer your question, now I am with a new one Mm -hmm. for this stage of my life, as he is with his one for his stage of his life. And through this, there'll be lessons. There'll be new awakenings, awarenesses with these new people. And then who's to say if, you know, we're both with the people who are going to hold our hands when we die or there's going to be other people coming, who knows, right? So it's always leaving enough room for the guidance and the divinity of knowing we don't have all the answers? I never thought in a million years that I would not be with my ex-husband. I, we just never had that kind of rapport with one another. And yet, here we are. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that I learned about the one is anybody who's pushing your buttons and making you think and making you be better, Mm -hmm. even if they drive you crazy, they are the one now Mm
2: -hmm. to learn
1: something from. Mm -hmm. And don't be so quick to discard them because there's a value in the lesson. Now if it's toxic and it's awful, you need to cut them loose. And that's their lesson to teach you how to stand up for yourself, to teach you how to walk away from something that's not serving you. So they are the one to teach that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as far as timing goes, timing is important. We have a lot of people out there who want companionship, Mm -hmm. but they're not at a place in their lives where they can truly allow it. Mm -hmm. The timing just isn't right. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're. Focused on their professions. Maybe they are getting out of something. Maybe they are still indifferent about something that they got out of. It's been quite some time, but they still can't shake it off. So work on that so that then you can emerge clean and clear and more of a match for really the person that you have in your mind, that person that exists.
0: And your partner, is he also into personal development and the same things that you're into? Do you think it's important for your partner to be into the same things?
1: I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is before I would have insisted, I would have made suggestions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But now I lead by example. So now when I go to the pool, for example, and I'm reading Think and Grow Rich for the bazillionth time, and I have my little notebook, and I want to read it again, and whatever, and my now partner sees me with this notebook and this book, and I'm so into it, and he's trying to talk to me, and I'm just like, oh baby, hold on one second, I just want to finish my thought writing what I'm writing, and then I put down the pen, yes, what is it, what, you know, totally here for you, and he's like, what is this book, you're like obsessed. I do this deep dive, I do. I assess my business, my life, my, my mind, I love it so much, what is this book, oh, do you want me to send you a link, they have it for free on YouTube, it's really good, I know you go walking in the morning, and maybe you want to listen to it when you walk, yes, yeah, send me the link, because you're so into this book, okay, you send them the link, and I say nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing, before, I'd be like, so, did you listen to the book, what did you think? Maybe we can do a book club maybe every weekend we'll bring a notebook and we'll sit at the pool and we'll go chapter by chapter. No, 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 not anymore. No. Why? Because I'm not here to control anybody. I'm not here to make anybody anything different than they are. For me, it's like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. Regardless, if I'm going to sit here and read, think and grow rich. That's on me. And if you're curious about it, I'll share it with you, of course, but you are where you are in your journey. And maybe that book isn't going to resonate with you where you are.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe it will. Maybe you and I will read it and we'll become multimillionaires. I don't know what the deal is, but I know I'm reading it. Mm -hmm. So I can't, you know, dictate the how he gets his development, the how he goes about it, just as long as he's healthy and feeding his mind with things that are good for him. Mm -hmm. That's all I can ask. That's all I can ask because then I'll learn stuff from him. You know, he'll be like, oh, so I was listening to this thing the other day. Oh, this thing, what thing? Podcast, this thing about, like, retirement and whatever, investing. Oh, what'd they say? Right? It's just anything. Where you get it is where you get it. Your, your vitamins for your mind are your vitamins for your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you know, if somebody's doing nothing and he's not a match to me in the sense that, you know, I'm doing all this professional development, personal development, and he's playing video games. That's going to be a problem. We're not going to, it's just never going to work mm. because, you know, there's certain, because of, of my discernment and who I want to be influenced by, who I want to be around. Mm. You know, a lot of girls out there get a really bad rap for being accused of gold dating. Mm. And it's a very interesting way of looking at this. True, some women are very uh, aggressive and they're users and they don't really have a whole lot and they want to mooch off of guys. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it when very successful women who do well for themselves are also lumped into that gold digger category simply because she wants a man who can meet her at her level or higher because she wants somebody to learn from. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this thing about, oh, all women want it, is money. Um, yes, yes, and men want it too, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of it. We should all have as much of it as we want. Don't hate on somebody because they want to live abundantly and have a lot of fun activities and experiences and the occasional Gucci bag or whatever, Range Rover, whatever your deal is, like, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Provided that you have a good work ethic, you're not doing anything unethical, and, uh, you know, you do some good in the world.
0: And what would you say is um, the biggest thing that you learned from your 20s? And if you could go back in time and tell your 20-year-old self anything, what would you tell her? oh my God, that beautiful girl, oh my God,
1: I'd sit her down, I'd buy her a cocktail, Mm -hmm. and I would say, girl, I love you the most. Do you know that? You are all obsessed about getting married by the time you're 30, honey, it doesn't even matter. I love you so much, none of it matters. And you're 23 years old. Okay, so here's the deal. Little less focus on the boys and more focus on the bank. What do you want to really, really do with yourself? What really lights you up? What do you want to do? Like you would do it for free and see what she says and then get behind her and put all the energy I could to help her realize whatever dream that would, that would be that she'd answer with Mm -hmm. and have her be like, wow, thank God
0: I listened to you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So true. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was on a on a thread in some group, and and somebody asked that question, you know, what would you tell your 26-year-old self or whatever, you know, go back 20 years. Mm. So 20 years ago, I was third, uh, 29, mm. I was 29, I was married two years, and the big thing was save up for a house. Mm. So I was very, very connected to the life that society said I should have. I wanted to live inside of the pottery barn catalog. That was like the big dream. I wanted that kind of house, that kind of life. I envisioned the parties I would have, the life that I would live in that in that catalog. It was like the perfect life, and I achieved it. I like, I mean, it was like amazing. I mean, granted, I some stuff I got at pottery barn, and the other stuff I got at IKEA, but still, it was very you know home goods, whatever. It was the same type of vibe. And I had the husband in the house and the vacations and the job and the six figure income and and the BMW in the driveway and the whole thing. Yet I felt disconnected from myself. I didn't feel accomplished. I wasn't fulfilled and I was looking for it in things, in conditions, in validation outside of me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, yeah, when I was on that thread, I said, okay, here's the deal. I'll answer it in a quick sentence. 29 year old me figure out how you and this guy are going
0: got to cover all of those things <laughs>
1: yeah. I understand you have a great a great vibe it's going to be a very good conversational type of podcast I mm-hmm. wish you so much success with it mm-hmm. I love that I'm, I'm interview
0: number one it's awesome thank
1: yeah.
0: you for that yeah thank you for
1: bearing with me <laughs> oh my god I bear with it. it was a wonderful conversation I hope that you know I I offered a lot to the people the people the many who are going to discover you and they want to know let's go to her first one let's see what the first one was like yeah right that's
0: awesome yeah definitely thank you so much for doing this
1: my pleasure and Mm -hmm. honey we'll have to celebrate the milestone 50th episode with a little reconnect yeah definitely the woman you're going to become through this journey of this podcast yeah from Episode one
0: to episode fifty will be light years ahead. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. So awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this for years, but I've been putting it off for years. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. that you decided and you committed, and then it's like, boom! I found we found each other on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually got furloughed from my job on Monday. This last yeah. Monday. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Perfect. what? Perfect time
1: to go all in with the Perfect time to go all in on this.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the push that I needed. Yeah, for four weeks I got furloughed. And it was kind of crazy. And I was like, "Uh, now's the time. <laughs> There's no better time than right now. Exactly. I mean, mm. think
1: of the story, right? You get for a load, this thing blows over. You go back, and then people are like, "So what'd you do? All like, what'd you do with your time?" And they're like, mm. "Oh, I re- reorganized my closet, so I did this. Not like there's anything wrong with that." But you're like, "Oh, I started a podcast."
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: started yeah. a podcast. I have ten episodes. It's awesome. Go give it a listen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you're going to them. Do you want to sponsor me? Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely thank you guys so much for listening to this episode if you want to connect with lisa she is on instagram at lisa the love coach i hope you guys have a great rest of your day